Welcome to the Living With Less podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMattis, and I'll be bringing you weekly episodes to encourage and invite you along on this journey of living with less of the things getting in the way of our relationship with Christ. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in again to another episode of the Living With Less podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. And this week I have brought on a very special guest to speak with us on how to handle disagreements in a godly way. So this week's guest is Angela Donadio. She is an author, international speaker, recording artist, and an advocate for rural women in Africa. She is a survivor of two near-death experiences and encourages others to make your life matter no matter what. She's a women's pastor and ordained minister and serves alongside her husband, Dale, lead pastor of River of Life Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. She's an adventure junkie, a mom of two young adults, and blogs regularly at her website, which I will have in the show notes. So Angela, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. It's so great to be here. Um, So... I know we explained a little bit about you, but tell us more about you and your family, where you're from, ministry, all of those things. Sure. Absolutely. Well, my husband and I pastor a church here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. We're about an hour south of D.C., so we're kind of a commuter city for D.C., and I serve on staff as a staff pastor with an emphasis on, you know, women, focus on women's ministry and leadership. So we have two young adults. I'm not a mom of littles anymore. And in fact, one just graduated from university with a musical theater degree, and she's home performing locally. So we are actually in a remodel, moving her into our basement. Yes, so my house is in a bit of chaos and disarray, but it'll be worth it. And then we have a son who's actually pursuing ministry. And so Mm -hmm. he's at Boo College in Miami, which is an extension of Southeastern. And then our favorite part of the family, of course, is Chewy, our little Shih Tzu. (laughs) And he's named for Chewbacca. Oh, that's so sweet. So that's kind of, you know, kind of our little for some plus plus one with him. Yes. Um, Okay. So to get things rolling, I just felt so compelled to reach out to you when you had posted um, a graphic on your Instagram of having disagreements and godly disagreements and Mm -hmm. how we can walk through those. And I feel like at our part place we're at in culture, it is so hard to disagree um, mm. without walking away, you know, feeling bullied or belittled or we're misheard or we're judged. So when you're in a conversation, I spe- especially as women, I think this is really hard. Mm. Um, when you're in a conversation that feels like it's starting to head that way, what do you do in this kind of situation or how do you address the feelings or do we just redirect? Like how, how do we handle those things when they start happening? Those are such good questions, and I agree with you. It doesn't seem difficult now. We can't even like have a conversation. Everything is a debate. Yes, yes, that's exactly that is the perfect word. Everything feels like a debate. A debate, and which means one of us has to win because in a debate, someone is trying to win a debate, Mm -hmm. and we're in a conversation. Mm. The goal is empathetic listening, trying to understand the other person, trying to improve the relationship. Mm Um, and I, I think when I posted that, I had actually was dealing with a discussion and a, I don't want to say debate, a disagreement. Yes. I was walking through a disagreement that week and, you know, not everything is black and white. There mm. are usually shades of all kind of stuff in there that have to be, you know, nuances that need to be talked about. And usually a disagreement is not 
just that one thing, mm. especially if there's a history of a relationship. Mm -hmm. It can be over time something is built up or there's resentment or whatever. So um, unfortunately, you know, our society has shifted so much from dialogue to debating about everything. And, you know, we can't really simultaneously listen empathetically if we're also trying to win an argument because Ooh, we have a different good. lens. You know what I mean? We yes. have a different lens of the conversation. If it's okay, I really have to win this argument while you're talking, like I'm simultaneously trying to think of my next point. Yes. And, you, know, you know what I mean? Yes. And I still do that whether I'm trying to prove, okay, that's not right. And here's why it's not right. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, if I'm trying to honestly move the relationship forward or help the other person to feel understood, I listen with a different lens and, you know, I don't always nail this, but I am trying to, you know, really learn how to handle conflict in a godly and respectful way yes. and respecting another person's opinion, even if we're going to have to agree to disagree mm -hmm. and we're not always going to be on the same opinion. So, you know, a mentor once encouraged me to filter mm. disagreements through this, you know, kind of filter. And that is, am I trying to do right or am I trying to be right? That is so good. That is so good for marriage. I feel like, oh my right? gosh. And I have two young yes. adults. So like there yes. could be a conflict yes. on a daily oh basis about yes. a different point of view or different expectations in the home. Mm. And I have to think like, am I trying to be right mm -hmm. or am I trying to do the right thing? Mm. And if I'm approaching it that That's way, good. that might change the way I'm discussing mm -hmm. or talking to that other person. That's really good. Well, and it's different if a disagreement is someone close to you. Like if it's a disagreement with a coworker or even someone on social media, like, mm. you know, you can unfriend somebody. You can yes. walk away from that. You know what I mean? And you can kind of unplug or disconnect. And I'm not saying that that's the healthiest depending on the situation. It might be or it might not. But when it's someone close to you or even someone you work with that you need to see on an ongoing basis or a family member, yes. like sometimes we need to allow things to settle down just a little bit because mm. the closer that person is, the more their opinion could matter, which means our emotion can get ratcheted up pretty quickly. Yes. If it's someone that I don't even know you on social media and we disagree, like I can walk away and it doesn't mean anything, mm -hmm. but if it's, it's a husband or a spouse or yes. a, you know, someone I work with on a daily basis, I need to really be committed mm. to resolving that conflict. Mm -hmm. And that can mean, okay, we're going to wait till our emotions have calmed down. It can also to go back to listening. You know, one of the things I learned early on in my marriage is you can validate another person, even if you don't agree. That's and I think we good. get stuck there. Yes. And I feel like when I validate you, somehow I'm agreeing with yes. your opinion. And that is how I, I would feel get, a lot of the right? time. And I wouldn't validate, but what you're validating is, okay, that is the way you currently feel. Mm. It doesn't mean the feeling is even based on reality. Mm. It doesn't mean you win and I lost when we're trying to win. Are yes. you, it just means, all right, right now you feel like you're not being listened to, or you feel like you're not valued. So when if it's as simple as, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is you're not really feeling appreciated, or even if you don't say that out loud, be thinking, what is, what is the pain point mm. behind where this mm -hmm. person is coming from? Like something is causing this to ratchet up yes. and how can I diffuse it and disarm it as opposed mm. to just pouring gasoline on, you know, a fire. And so validation does not mean agreement. It simply means I understand where you're coming from mm -hmm. because until a person feels heard, yes. we don't really get to move on. No that person thinks it's done and moved on. Yes. But then the next 
bruise into yes. that wounded yes. spot and it comes right back up. Or one of the things I do, which is something I have to work on is I tend to repeat it. Mm. And my daughter even said yesterday, like, I heard it. Oh, I heard you. Yes. Please don't just, but that's my fear that like, it's not going to be mm-hmm. done or, and I just keep saying it. And that means you got to, okay, I've said it. This is what I need us to, to do to move forward. Mm-hmm. Now I need to give that other person room and space to, to process yes. that and to try to act on it instead of just like, I don't think it's going to happen. Let me just keep saying it over and over until the other person yes. gets frustrated. Um, you know, and that, that actually is a communication block, but you know, if the disagreement is with someone that you're close to, um, there's at least saying either we need to agree to disagree or I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to understand that this is a conflict that we may mm-hmm. not resolve. And my relationship with you is more important than this particular issue. Or if it's a social media person or you posted something and someone's disagreeing, you, you know, you may just have to let that go. Yes. You know, there's too many. And I'm, I'm careful with what I post if I think it's mm-hmm. going to be inflammatory mm-hmm. or argumentative just because you don't have enough time and context in just a quick social media post to give all perspective no. there. And you it, you might just open up a can of worms that's just not worth yeah, it. You don't you want know? to go there. Well, so that leads me into the next thought that I'd had when I was chewing on this. So, you know, obviously we can't control what people do or they don't do. Um, the next one is the hardest thing for me is that I can't control what someone stands for or does not stand mm-hmm. for. Um, I had spoke on holy boldness and how God's boldness is much more gentle than our fleshly boldness. So like you said, when you um, were talking about dealing with conflict with someone close to you, um, mm. even though I feel like in our culture, it's almost like we deal with conflict more with these cyber people. But how have you navigated through that with close ones? Like, I can't make you stand up or not stand up for something. And just how do you work through that? Um and trust God with that. Mm. And I, I love your truth, by the way, of holy boldness. I love that phrase. And I'm, I'm probably going to repeat that phrase. Yes, girl. Point. All and, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Because we do need to be advocates for holiness and righteousness, mm-hmm. especially for believers. Like that's our filter for everything, yes. right? Like the Bible is our filter and that should be filtering our conversations, our perceptions, mm-hmm. our actions. But before we act and there's a behavior, there's a thought process behind that. In fact, at church right now, our series is Mindset Matters. Mm, And sometimes like to speak to what you're saying, we're addressing behavior. We're addressing an action or even something that comes out of someone's mouth. And behind that is a belief system. Mm. And until a belief system changes, nothing else is going to change. So actions are based on, you know, based on beliefs Mm -hmm. and that's really where the core conflict comes in. You believe one thing, I believe a different thing. And now that puts us in conflict with one another. And, you know, I I think about how God handles conflict and I'm so (laughs) grateful that he's more gracious than I am with conflict. And, you know, like you said, we can't control what other people Mm -hmm. think or do. I'm not the Holy Spirit. And I learn that the hard way that sometimes we try to make somebody believe what we believe or, well, that's what the Bible says, or Mm -hmm. you shouldn't think that way, or you shouldn't act that way. And we start with these shouldn'ts and that's just down the wrong path. Like if we will point people to Jesus and we will love people, the Holy Spirit can do some of that work. Now, if it's a child and they're in our home or it's a spouse, that is a different thing to navigate. That is a, 
you know, talking to maybe where they are in the, in the situation, I can't still ultimately convict anyone of sin. I can't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can point them to what the word says. I can share how maybe that thought pattern is going to be destructive for them. And yes. okay, let's, and this is another great, um, tool that I learned in um, counseling many, many years ago, my husband and I were working through a conflict. And one of the best pieces of counsel that we received is when you're thinking through a process and you're about to maybe embark on an action, Mm -hmm. you're going to take a different job. You're going to do something that could change the course of your life, small or large. Mm -hmm. You can always ask yourself, what is the cost of this mm, of this decision? That's good. What is the cost of this decision? So let's just say your teenager wants to do something, you know, it is not a good decision. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not based on a right belief system. And so here comes conflict. Here comes disagreement. Helping that person, we can't convict him at sin, but we can say is, okay, let's talk through the potential cost mm. or benefit of this decision because every decision has a cost. I like it's that. It's going to cost, you know, and That's I mean, it's really going to cost good. you time. It's going to yes. cost you yes. a relationship. It's going to mm-hmm. cost you energy. Is this, and I have to do that with my schedule. Like, mm-hmm. let me look at my schedule. Mm-hmm. What is the cost of this decision? Yes. Can I manage one more thing? You know, Lisa Turkers calls it the best yes. Mm-hmm. But asking that, directly or indirectly okay i can see where you're coming from in that let's think that through like so you're interested in this guy like is he a believer no i think he maybe went to church when he was little but not anymore Mm. okay so then what's the potential cost of that decision Mm -hmm. like you're going to potentially engage in a relationship that's going to be a dead end Mm -hmm. so asking that question up front can maybe avoid conflict on the back say i really like that like i'm totally using that for sure Um, because I am also, I'm such a visual person. And so if someone comes up to me and says, okay, Chelsea, let's weigh the cost, being able to actually see and have an example, like you said, you can kind of lay out what good can come from this or what not good can come from that. I think that I love how you said that sometimes that could actually change the entire conversation before it even begins because now you're seeing it. So that's really good. I love that that is such a good visual. Um, you had said in that post you had put up that I was like, I have got to get this girl on my podcast. (laughs) Um, it said that no one has power over you unless you give it to them. And that is something I have really wrestled with for a long time. I go to the Lord about that all the time. I'm like, God, why do I get, I literally hand these people my emotions. Why do I do this over and over? So do you have any biblical encouragement for girls like me that, you know, we constantly find ourselves in these wrestling matches of being overly emotional because we gave someone else our emotions. We're like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Mad, that's you know? so good. I mean, we, I struggle with it too. I think so uh, many of us do, especially as women, Yes, you know, women, are, women are highly relational. Mm-hmm. So every conversation is filtered through this relational lens yes. where men sometimes tend to be more pragmatic or practical <laughs> yes. and they're just trying to solve a problem. Yes. We're like, but I have this emotion and that emotion yes. and it just gets so complicated in the middle of it. And honestly, I could really probably need to credit Eleanor Roosevelt. That's a little bit of a bend on a statement that she made, which is no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. That's but true. you can extrapolate it out to say no one can make you feel anything. No one has power over you 
unless you give them that power. Mm -hmm. And obviously when you love someone or you're in a relationship with someone, you are relinquishing some power and control. You know what I mean? Just because Mm -hmm. you're in this relationship, but ultimately you still can be in control of your emotions. And I thought of immediately when you were asking me, like what biblical reference do we have? Immediately my mind went to Esther. Mm. So if, you know, if people don't know that story, she's taken as an orphan, she's put into a king's harem, but, you know, God's favor is on her. Mm -hmm. Um, The king really genuinely cares about her and he elevates her to queen. So while she's queen now, she finds out that someone in his top command basically has a plan, a strategy to execute her entire mm. people group, oh the gosh. Jews. You want to talk and about emotions. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, just picture that your family is mm. going to be taken out. Everyone mm-hmm. you love is in the line of, of fire. And my first instinct, Chelsea, and I imagine most of us would be to immediately storm in and oh, say, you, sure. have to, you have to stop this. Yes. And... She still had cultural um, boundaries mm-hmm. that made that difficult for her. So she, her first response is, you know, she finds out this is going to happen. Her first response is, it's not really my problem. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do anything about it. If I go to the king about it, I could die. Mm. And, you know, it's her uncle that brings her the news. And he says, that's fine if you want to basically take your hands off of this, but Mm. you're a Jew as well. So Mm. don't think that you're going to be exempt from this. And she really has to get her head around the information. And that's the first step is we have to stop and pause Mm. and say, is this a conversation I need to be a part of? Does Mm. it involve me? Does it need to involve me? Mm -hmm. Is it a fight? My husband, sometimes I'll read something on social media and he'll say, Angela, just don't even comment. Like that's it's just not a, that's not your fight. Yes. It's not your battle. Yes, that's good. Some, but some things are a battle. Mm-hmm. And this was Esther's battle. And she realized I cannot sit on my hands or keep quiet about this. Mm. So she executed a plan. The first was she stopped and, and she prayed. And I think these, these are great points as a template for us. Okay. We're moving, we're sliding toward a conflict. We're sliding toward a disagreement. First, let me stop and pray. Do I need to get involved? Mm-hmm. What is my level of involvement? Mm. And Secondly, she enlisted people around her that she trusted and she asked them to pray with her. She didn't even give the whole conflict. She just said, I need you to pray. I need you to um, fast with me. And so we have to be careful with this because we don't want to get people involved in gossip. This doesn't mean, let me call six of my close girlfriends. And tell them what's going on. You know what I mean? And tell them like all my other conflict and see because they don't have grace for it. They're not in Mm. the conflict. But you could say, I'm dealing with an issue. I know you'll pray for me. Can you please pray and fast with me? So that was the second thing that she did. Third, she waited for God's timing. Mm. This is where I'm most challenged in her story. Because Chelsea, she, she has this dinner banquet. She has it with her husband, the, the king. And then she invites over Haman, who is the villain, who mm. is plotting to take on her entire race. And she sits there and doesn't say a word at the whole dinner. She can sense the timing isn't right. Mm. And I I am so incredibly impressed with that. She waits later on and then she goes to him and speaks the truth Mm. about it. And that just shows an incredible amount of discipline and restraint and awareness that if I speak right now, it's actually mm. going to cause more harm mm. than good. Mm-hmm. And a friend once said to me um, when I was working through a disagreement, she said, if 
you know, let's say you have to go to someone and talk about an offense. It's not going to go away. Mm. This needs involvement. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're praying about the timing. She said to me, it needs to hurt you as much to say it Ugh. as it's going to hurt them to hear it. I really love that because I know for me, there have been, I can, I, I think it was actually the Holy Boldness episode that I talked about. There was a, like, God totally put on my heart to talk with a friend about something that was so uncomfortable. Like, I could cry talking mm. about it. I was like, Lord, no. Like, but he led the conversation. The timing was so his and so right. And, but that truth was so, it was so hard for me, but I know it was as equally probably hard for her to hear, but in the most loving way. And so that was probably my, like one of my only examples of a conversation where it was like, he gave the words to me sitting with it, praying about it. Like I, I literally went, we went to Panera. I prayed over our table. I was like, Lord, like, I don't know how you're going to bring this up. My friend is not um, really a walking believer. And I thought, you are going to make me go there. And he did. Mm. And it was, but I just love that. Cause that so solidified to me that like, that is how it works. We have to sit and wait and be obedient. And also, like you said, like weighing the cost, like I'm going to have this conversation with her. Mm. Do I know how heavy this is? And I, oh my, it was. And part, mm. and not only with that too, but thinking of that kind of conversation, what is the outcome we really want? Yes. And that will help guide it. If we're really like, no matter what, I want to salvage this relationship. Yes. If that's our if that's our criteria, then the topic that we might be disagreeing about needs to be secondary to how do mm-hmm. I maintain this relationship? Mm-hmm. Or is it, you know, if we don't get on the same page, this relationship is over. Yes. That's a different way yes. of looking at it. Um, you know, just taking our time to make sure my emotions are not so high that, I mean, her emotions had to have been all over the place. Esther had, right. to, she, can you imagine her heart racing, sitting mm. there, she's sitting across the table, she's fixing food, she's yeah. serving him yes. and she knows what he's doing. Mm. So, you know, the wisdom mm-hmm. that we need, um, and I just don't always operate in that kind of wisdom, that kind mm-hmm. of self-restraint, yes. but because Esther waited for the open door, God gave her the open door. Sometimes mm. I've waited and my emotions have calmed down so that I am in such a different place when I finally have, yes. like, maybe I think if I don't get an apology from this person, you know what I mean? We have this idea of like, I have, this person has to yes. say sorry to me, or this relationship is over. By the time I meet with them, if I mm. prayed it through, mm-hmm. I don't need the apology anymore. Yes. And if I don't need it, usually it happens anyway because I'm in a softer place. Yep. I'm coming in, you know, with more humility. And that's going to change perhaps the outcome of that conversation. The outcome of what we want is important to think about along with the cost. Yes. Well, I think that kind of goes into the very next thing. So love is fuel. You've said Ooh. that. And I think especially now because the world can be real sensitive, but the world is so hungry for truth and guidance. Um, How can we be better at being the hands and feet of Jesus and actually having that truthful, loving um, fuel to take out into the world? Hmm. You know, I think when I wrote that, my feeling was I am being fueled by anger. Mm -hmm. I could tell that I could Mm -hmm. tell that all day anger was fueling me. Mm -hmm. And that is 
dangerous yes. because anger is a secondary emotion. That means something else is going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It can be a disappointment. It can be um, un- unmet expectation. There's so many different things that can be factoring into anger. It can be, this has happened over and over or you know what I mean? There's yes. many different things that lead to anger, but I could tell it was fueling me. Mm. And as I sat down to process this and I thought, I have got to get on a better, I've got to get in a better place mm. about this. I, I, I felt my hands type, anger is fuel, but so is love. Mm. Wow. And I just sensed the Lord telling me, you can be fueled by anger, mm. but you can also be fueled by love. And they both are fuel. Yes. And so whichever one you choose is going to be the dominant fuel in your life. We all need fuel in our emotional mm-hmm. gas tank. Yes. And some people thrive on anger. They do. They mm-hmm. need the rush of it. They need the explosive kind of release of mm-hmm. it. And then sometimes those people feel better, but then the people around them feel are, terrible. Exactly. Or there's shrapnel yes. everywhere. Yes. Instead of thinking, I can choose to also be fueled by love and mm-hmm. that that can energize me and motivate me. And so we have to choose which one we're going to be fueled by. One repels people mm, away. Think good. about it. You don't want to be around an angry no. person. I'm I don't. Like, goodbye. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the and it estranges people or the other actually endears us to people. Mm. And eventually when they feel endeared to you, they feel safe with you. They feel yes. comfortable. Yes. Then they're more likely to have a, a conversation that's not all focused on a disagreement. Mm-hmm. It can be po- possibly actually empathetic listening. And one of the titles of Jesus that I'm actually most intrigued by is those who called him a friend of sinners. Mm. And actually the Pharisees did it as a negative. Well, this man is a friend of sinners. They were, they were looking down on him. They were challenging his choices of, Mm. of choosing to be around people who maybe didn't make the same choices as him. I'm sure that he disagreed with their lifestyle, their, their belief system. And somehow Jesus managed to navigate speaking to these people, but he did it in love so that the sinners, the mm-hmm. people who didn't agree with him were actually drawn to him and they were drawn into a new way of living. And scripture says that the kindness of God leads people to repentance, mm, not so us good. beating truth right? over their head. It's yes. his kindness. And when our words and our actions are fueled by genuine love for others, I really love I want God to work in this person's life. Mm -hmm. If that's my fuel, God, help me to see this person through your eyes and to love, Mm. you know, where they're coming from. Even if I don't agree with them, you know, we have to spend time with Jesus first. Like you said, before you had that conversation, you sat with it. And it's not, it's not only sitting with the truth of the conversation, Mm -hmm. it's sitting with who Jesus is. And, you know, in in my new Bible study that's getting ready to, um, you know, launch on October 1st, I say this in one of the conversations, we will be the the best version of ourselves in public Mm. when we have spent time with Jesus in private. Yes. And if I have not spent time with Jesus in private, you do not want to be around. Like I'm not, I'm just, my flesh is strong. All of us it is. And we're not the best versions of Mm ourselves until we've gotten Jesus' heart. Jesus, what is your heart for this conversation? Mm. Do I need to let it go? Do you just need to change my perspective? Do I need to sit down and have a conversation? And if so, how do I let you guide it? Those are all very different ways we could handle a disagreement. Yes. You know, when you said, um, of course, now I'm like not quite remembering, but there was Sorry, something you said. Sorry, I said a lot of things. No, you had said something and it reminded me of the truth that God um, 
kind of laid in my lap last week was I was having a difficult time with a person and I was like, Oh Lord, like why can't you just make them the way I want them to be? Whoever it was someone that lives near me and I see them on a very regular basis. And I felt him say to me, I don't need you to see her as her. I need you to see her as the unsaved version of you and be what you Mm. needed. And like you said, you know, sitting with him, I need to be with Jesus before I can go be in front of these people. Because I, when you said, you know, a really strong flesh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like that is so me, which like you said, we all have strong fleshes, but that when he said that, I was like, yeah, I can't go just be me to her. I need to be in a posture where I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I want to speak to her in the way I needed someone to speak to me. Yeah, like, this what, just what do I need? And yes. what does this person need? Yes. What does this person need from me? And different people need different things. Yes. Even my two young adults are very different in their personalities. Mm. And if I cannot even approach them the same way, mm-hmm. one might need way more validation than another. Yes. I mean, we the burden falls to us sometimes in the conversation too. Like you said, that was so great. I'm going to use that as, what does this person need mm. from me? Mm-hmm. And what would I need if they yes. were in their shoes? Yes. It gave me such a perspective switch because I was mm. like, oh, I can give the unsaved version of myself a lot more grace than I can when I'm just like viewing someone as their regular self. So that was just like a really cool thing he gave me. Um, mm-hmm. That's great. So my favorite question to ask of all the questions, and I've told several people, I'm like, when this when the podcast is over, whenever God has this thing be finished, I want to make an ebook of everyone's responses to the living with less question. So the mm. fact that um, it's all about living with less of the things, getting in the way of who Christ is calling us to be. And if someone asked you what they should start living with less of in regards to this, what would you tell them and why? Everyone's answers have been so cool that I'm like, this has to go out to the world in some way so everyone can see just how intentional he is. So what would you tell somebody? That is such a great concept, Chelsea. I love your whole idea of this podcast is how do we live with less? And it's immediately our mind goes to stuff. Oh, Mm -hmm. I can live with less stuff. I can live with less material things, especially in the United States. We have so much, but I love where you're taking this on a much deeper level Mm -hmm. is how do we live with less and actually live fuller, more abundant, richer, more mm-hmm. the life of more yes. is actually living with less and so in this area of disagreements i think if we live with less unmet expectations mm. we all carry expectations and another great insight i took away from that counseling session many years ago that i mentioned before about um when he, he said you know look at what the cost is is a statement he made that i've challenged many times since then is that the root of all conflict is unmet expectation. Mm, and that's so, now, that is like, and I said, I started to think like, is it all conflict? But when you really <laughs> right? yes. like keep drilling down to the root mm. somewhere mm-hmm. in a conflict, there is an expectation that one or both parties had and it did not get met. Yes. And so we have to realize, okay, we're going to have unmet expectations in life. Mm-hmm. And so that can eventually lead to disappointment. We expect our spouse to be home at a certain time. Yes. Let's say it doesn't happen. You cook dinner 
the dinner is cold. They didn't call. Mm. We expect our children to obey or clean up their room or put their toys away or call like my Miami, like call me please sometime, anytime. And when it doesn't happen, we expect it Mm. to happen and it doesn't, we can get disappointed. Mm -hmm. Well, that can lead to resentment, especially if we don't talk about it or we don't sit and work out those expectations, see where maybe our expectations are wrong or unrealistic. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's fair to have expectations. I should expect my spouse to come home at a realistic time or to call me when he's not going to. Yes. I should expect my child to pick up after themselves. Mm -hmm. So those are realistic expectations. Occasionally we get into unrealistic expectations, Mm -hmm. but even if they're realistic or unrealistic, we still have to look at them when they're not met and, and handle it before it gets to a conflict. Mm -hmm. So this means kind of constantly emptying the emotional garbage of our heart Mm. and realizing where I have unmet expectations and where that's built up Mm. into like, you know, if I don't have family near me, for example, so I can't expect people to come to something that I do or something that my child does. So I've noticed through life, sometimes I put expectations on people around me to kind of Mm. fill the gap that my family couldn't fill. Well, if I don't, if I don't state that expectation or we're not on the same page, then I could be silently stewing. You didn't come to my child's concert or you didn't. And maybe they don't even know Mm -hmm. that that expectation was even there. So it means we have to like not only empty kind of our emotional garbage to the Lord. I don't mean going to someone and dumping it on them. I mean, God, what have I built up in my heart this week? Where are unmet expectations? Because honestly, Chelsea, only Jesus is able to fully meet Mm -hmm. the expectations of our heart. And we can get stuck in these unmet expectations. And we can only get unstuck by really talking out our emotions, either with the other person, if that's the choice that God leads us to, or we settle our sideways emotions in Jesus' presence Mm -hmm. and really talk it out with him and maybe bring as few people into the drama yes. of the situation as possible. Because yes. the more people we bring in, the messier the it gets. End, we have to go back oh, and yes. go through all those people and say how it resolved. Yes. And then you just have a mess. Mm-hmm. You have a much more complicated situation the more people you bring it in. And it makes it much more difficult to resolve those conflicts later. Yes, that's so good. I know that that is something that I really wrestled with. I actually talked about it a few months ago on the podcast was, um, the trap of unmet expectations and how Mm. man, they can ruin relationships. Like if, if, if they're either like unrealistic or they're just not spoken, um, you can't expect people to read your mind. And I just, I have totally walked through that and it's something God continues to work in my heart. Certainly. Um, okay. So for the last two questions, these are, I call these the fun questions. Um, Yay. so what is your favorite Bible verse and why? I would say first John three, one has been such a meaningful verse to me. I grew up really shackled by perfectionism. I oh. wrote a lot about that in my mm-hmm. first Bible study on Philippians and how to live in joy and how to love the life we see. Mm. But perfectionism was really crippling me and choking out joy for me. And so when when I had the revelation of God's love for me and that I don't do for him to earn his love, he loves me. And out of love for him, I do. I had it backwards for so many years. And 
So first John three, one says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that mm. we would be called children of God. So when we live in that truth, we live loved. Mm -hmm. We live knowing that he has lavished his love on us. I don't have to keep trying to earn it. No. He loves me. And because I'm loved, of course I want to live for him and and do the things that would please him. But it's not a yoke now. It's mm. a joy. It's not a burden. It's not something that I carry a weight of. It's something that I'm excited about yes. living that way. So if we can live loved, then we want to bring peace into situations. Mm. And it's not so much about trying to win an argument. It's trying to help that other person feel loved and be the best person of who God has created them to be. That is so good. I love that. <laughs> and then the last one, um, I want to hear all about your Bible study coming out. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Well, it is called Fearless. And the subtitle is Ordinary Women of the Bible Who Dare to Do Extraordinary Things. Mm. And I wanted to write about some of these lesser known women of the Bible mm -hmm. who seemed kind of like the best supporting actresses or maybe yes. not not the Esthers, mm -hmm. not the Marys, not the people we typically think of, mm -hmm. but still they made culture defining choices and their choices helped to shape a culture and, and to shift history. Mm. So it launches October 1st Yay! and the goal of it is to help women find their fearless in the stories of these women of the Bible and that they're not just ancient stories, they're modern relevant stories that deal with the complex dilemmas that mm -hmm. we're dealing with today. Like how do we avoid the plague of competition mm. and ground ourselves in the word instead of the world? And, yes. you know, how do we love the way Jesus loved, like we've been talking about today? So, um, you know, it's really um, a discovery of how uncommon faith can have these unexpected encounters with an extraordinary God. Mm. And whether women want to, you know, realize their purpose or they're fighting for a God giving, you know, cause mm. or, they just want to kick fear to the curb and live a fearless life. It's designed to help them to stop the cycle of comparison and mm. to move forward into the, you know, fearless living. I am so excited. I'm so excited to do it. I am hoping once I go through it, I want to present it to our church and see if they Aww. would let us do it for next fall's Bible studies. So I am so excited about that. And Thank I wanted to so share much. a sweet little story. So when I got this in the mail, when you sent it, I think I'd even messaged you about this, but literally I was dealing with just some spiritual warfare and feeling like filled with fear. And I go out to my mailbox and here is your thing with the word fearless on it. Aww. And when I flipped it open, I could totally cry. It was so cool. I flipped it open to Abigail mm. and that was the first time um, they let me lead a Bible study at my church. That was who I taught on. And oh, I was wow. like, Oh my gosh, she's my girl. This is so great. So that's such a God moment. It was wow. really cool. So even just in that, like I I know this study is anointed and is gonna bless so many women. Thank um, you, Chelsea. So, yes. Thank you. Yes. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Angela, thank you so much for coming on and being a part. Um, everything will be in the show notes. All of the links will be there, and be sure to get your copy of her. Bible study coming out again that launches on October 1st and I will talk to you guys all next Wednesday thanks for tuning in to today's episode you can find everything we talked about at chelseadomatis.com if you have any questions please reach out over social media I'd love to chat 
If you enjoyed today's episode and are loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you left a review on iTunes or shared on social media. Your kind words and encouragement mean the world to me. And I pray to continue showing you God's grace over my life as you all journey this out with me. Wherever you find yourself listening today, know that you were fully loved and fully known by God.